This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast. You already have everything Milton Keynes Dons. First podcast 2023. Happy New Year to everyone listening at the moment. Um, we took a bit of a, well, it was a bit of a break, I suppose, but we were all built over the place over Christmas, obviously. Some of us were off to Plymouth, which uh, was an interesting trip. I'm sure we'll get our thoughts on in a second. Um, yeah, it was just a family, to be fair. So, but we're back now. We're back here chatting about Dons. Obviously, January transfer windows to chat about today. Obviously, got quite a few games to talk about also. But before we do all that, Ross, how are we, mate? How was your New Year and Christmas? Yeah, it was all right. A uh, few beers were consumed. Um, now it's time to lose the weight. <laughs> like everyone's New Year's resu- resolutions, eh? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I know I'm, I'm thinking the same also. But um, Joe, how about how you doing, mate? How you doing? Yeah, no, yeah, all good. Um, I, I'm actually, it's quite nice because the the um, the new year has coincided with no football, no dons in 14 days. So I kind of feel just a bit of stress has been relieved from me and I can kind of just relax for two weeks. So um, yeah, I'll be take, making use of that time for sure. Yeah, I know. I've got a few games put myself on Saturday actually around London. So yeah, I'm definitely making the most of not watching dons this week. Yeah, so it'd be nice to have a bit of a, a bit of a break from Don's. It was a bit non-stop this past week, especially. Obviously, you lads went down to Plymouth. Obviously, you've had what was it, three games in six days. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of a lot of people will be having a nice weekend off before a, a game against Lincoln, which hopefully we'll see. Well, maybe a few changes. Who knows? But before we get into all of that, let's uh, let's chat Mark Jackson. Obviously, he's had three games at the helm now. Um, Forest Green at home, which is three points, which. I think when me and Joe spoke about it, we said we had to get three points there and we did. So that's fantastic. Um, and then obviously Peterborough away and Plymouth away, which are both um, defeats. One performance where we could play better, a performance where we uh, played pretty well actually, but I think defensively we need to sort some bits out. But obviously, gents, before we get into like any, any switches of formation, all of that jazz, obviously this is, this is the first three games we've seen a Mark Jackson, MK Dons. Ross, how did we, how did we find... 
watching that from a perspective? Obviously, you've seen all three games and what encouraged you, for example? Um, yeah, it's it's been a bit of a weird couple of fixtures because of I said to before the Forest Green game, I wanted four points out of these next three games. We got three. Um, and I think I'm just disappointed really because of in terms of like if we put the performance we put in against Plymouth against Peterborough, we would have comfortably beat them. But it was a case of obviously, as you say, systems have changed, but just going on Forest Green, I felt that was a game where either side could have won it, um, with the chances they had. Um, but I don't feel like either team did deserve to lose either. Um, but obviously Harvey's strike on the edge of the box brought home the massive three points, which I think we probably needed uh, going into the, obviously the next two games. Because obviously if if you're not getting any game, uh, points from what the next three games, you're thinking, well, li- looking pretty doom and gloom considering obviously like Morecambe and that have been picking up results as well. So um, Forest Green, yeah, I was really happy that we got the three points and then I felt like going into the Peterborough game, I think there was just common trends which came back to haunt us and that was just a lack of creation going forward. Um, In the middle of the pitch, massive losing the jewels Um, and then we're we're conceding from, well, coming obviously saved the penalty but obviously giving away cheap penalties again and then it's the polar opposite in the next game of Plymouth where um, we just we, we looked like we, we could score goals and I felt like we were very unlucky not to score more than one uh, with a chance that we did create. Mo, for some reason, he just didn't, he wasn't Mo in front of a goal like we know he is and um, it doesn't help obviously set, set, settling in the game and we could see I think it's like three minutes in and it's a, it's another set piece where it's a centre half. He's got a free header as such, and it's just it's just especially against the top of the league. It's it's a tough place to go as it is. So um, to come back like we did, and I I do feel like we were in the game, and there were there were signs of progress um, within the team. And I think obviously I know we're going to go into it later on, but one standout in that game who took his chance, I felt, was Henry Lawrence. Um, cracking display for me. Um, defensively, he looked assured. Um, and then going forward, he was part, he, he was part of the, the goal, uh, Nathan Holland's goal. So across the three, three results, yes, I was slightly disappointed that we, we could, could have potentially got more off Peterborough if, if we probably changed midfield midfield duo in my eyes. I felt like Bradley Johnson probably should have started that game. And I know I'm pro- probably his first, 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 right, first person to criticise him. So <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one, but yeah, it's it's disappointing. But I think now we've got two weeks, we, we've got to realise Matt Jackson within these 14 days has got his, his work cut out pretty much. He's got to get bodies in as such. And um, let's hope he can w- work his magic on the training ground. Yeah, Nathan Holland, I know, is an interesting topic that I think a few of us lads have been chatting about um, off the podcast, which I know we'll, we'll get into a separate topic in a bit. But obviously, Joe, you've also seen all three of Mark Jackson's games. I think 
my my assessment is fairly line rosters in terms of the performances and what we've seen them it's a mixed bag but what have you what have you taken from it so far and what sort of it's giving you hope going into these two weeks off yeah i think um the first game i think <clears throat> you know tactically i don't think we can put any sort of real look at you know real um emphasis on that game i think mark jackson himself said how you know he's pretty much the team was pretty much selected for him he didn't really change anything in terms of tactics but it was more what he wanted to see the players do and you know we saw a bit more intensity in the play a bit more running a bit more risk taking um which left us exposed at times but we also did manage to create a few more chances and then the other thing especially which was really good to see was a bit of aggression when we were defending. And the Peterborough game, I think, yeah, Ross said it, the midfield just didn't seem, you know, technically it was a good midfield. You had Dawson, Devoy and Josh McEachran. But that whole game, I just thought we got bullied physically. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of just, we, we just weren't on their, their level as such. We were almost every 50, it seemed like they were winning. Um, I think the goal, the second goal, um, I th- think it might be three challenge and just carries on running, which uh, is not ideal when you're trying to win football games. Um, but again, you know, they're a team in the playoffs, so I wasn't too um, disheartened by, by that result. And then, um, yeah, moving on to the Plymouth game, I think, um, you know, we went down in hope, not expectation. I think that's fair to say. And after four minutes, I... Um, I was wondering whether Ross wanted to maybe get a head start on the traffic getting out of the ground. <laughs> um, but no, we, we stayed and it was that was a blip in an otherwise pretty good performance. We outshot Plymouth at their ground. And it wasn't just, uh, as Ross said, Mo Issa had three decent chances. Louis Barry managed to get through, um, but he was you know, basically smothered out by Michael Cooper, who was fantastic, I have to say. Um we should have had penalty ourselves. I've heard um, that um, members of Plymouth's uh, of Plymouth Argyle have actually said um, that, that they think it, that it was harsh that we didn't get a penalty. Um, and Louis Barry's also taken to social media to uh, voice his displeasure, let's say. Um, and so, yeah, you know, all of these things, sometimes they just go against you when you're down there. But in terms of system, this is the first time we've seen a proper change of system from... Um, from Mark Jackson, it seems like he's put his own spin on this team now. Um, he, he went with a 4-3-3. And, um, you know, uh, Ross mentioned Henry Lawrence. And Henry Lawrence was one who was actually pressing high up the pitch and won the ball back, then dr- carried on driving and um, and then, and then uh, produced that. Uh, I think he got the assist, perhaps, for the goal. Um, and then also Ethan Robson was a notable starter. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying, oh, why hasn't Ethan Robson been given a chance? And to be quite honest, even in the League Cup games and the uh, Papa John's games he's played, in my opinion, he's been well off it. Um, but he was solid in this game. He ran around a lot and he made it difficult. And I actually think, you know, that Plymouth played a midfield two of Jordan Houghton and Adam Randall. And Bradley Johnson, Ethan Robson and Dawson Devoy got the better of them because we cut through them multiple times. Uh, but it was just that final, just that final bit. But it, we did create chances, and in terms of their goals, I mean, one of them was after it was a self-inflicted mistake. Henry Lawrence um, passed the ball to Louis Barry, and 
they were, them two were just on a different wavelength and uh, we lost the ball and they broke and scored. And um, their f- other goal was um, from Morgan Whitaker, who's just been recalled on his loan, typical. Um, and he scores a, a cracking finish from the edge of the box. And, you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, you've got to just put your hands up and say that that moment of class actually, you know, won them the game. So, yeah, I mean, in that in that Plymouth game, I think that Mark Jackson got it pretty spot on. It was just that, you know, in the key moments, defending a set piece and taking our chances, we just weren't quite there. But I am more than happy if we continue in that vein of creating more chances in the opposition. Because if we do that, then I'm not too worried moving forward. Again, there is still, you know, time is running out. However, that that is what we need to be doing if we are to get out of this mess. More, more like Plymouth. Yeah, I feel like Morgan Whitaker knows how to have a good game against Dons. I'm pretty sure he had a good game against us last season for Lincoln as well. So he knows where the uh, the net is against us, that's for sure. But overall, yeah, I think it's been pretty positive. I think the risk-taking point is actually a really interesting one because as it's well documented that Dons were known as the worst attacking team in the league in terms of chance of creation uh, under Liam Manning. So I think... Jackson's kind of prioritised, at least the immediate um, perspective, getting that attacking numbers up. And I think Plymouth against prime example, we've seen their score goals and probably scored, should have scored more than we actually have. So definitely left us a bit runner run all the back. I think some of the defending at Plymouth was was pretty atrocious, but I think that I think that will come with time. And I imagine that's one of the priorities that Jackson and the coach staff who just get them in are going to look at head of Lincoln at home. But go on, Joe. Yeah, I mean, you say about the defending, but it being, you know, horrific at times. And I agree, we did carve through them. But another just sort of to illustrate how, you know, we we really did have Plymouth under pressure. One of the men, one of Plymouth's best men, other than Morgan Whitaker, would have been um, Lonwick, who's on loan from Wolves. He had three clearances, one block shot, two interceptions and five tackles. Um, that's not the numbers of someone that, you know, normally at a top, the team top of the table playing against a team in the relegation zone. So it really showed that they they really did have to actually work for that win. We we weren't just sitting back idly. We really did actually have a go. Oh yeah, going forward, we were fantastic. I thought we actually mm. played through the lines for the first time in a little while. But I think in terms of our goals, they were just um, you can tell it's a, a back line which has still got a long way to go. Um, I don't think everyone in the back line needs. Um, that much work, but certain people in the back line definitely need to get some serious coaching into them if they want to play for the club moving forward on a regular, regular basis, a week-to-week basis. But yeah, I think going forward, we're fantastic. And seeing players like Dawson Devoy in a bit more advanced role where he should be playing the whole time um, is great. I think he's playing more of an eight role now than he was previously as a, as a six or even a four. So having him play in the eight role and being a bit more supportive to uh, Mo, uh, Nathan Holland and Louis Barry on the day at Plymouth was good. And I think he was unlucky not to get more from what he did get from that game. But, I mean, Joe, you mentioned about the the 4-3-3 switch, the systems. Ross, obviously, we only really saw it, um, well, effectively at Plymouth. So it's only one game we're going off hypothetically. But what did you think to that switch to 4-3-3 and Jacko being so open with not only the media, but the fans in terms of how you're making that switch? I think obviously I think Jack Jackson's doing that due to the fact that like he hasn't had a lot of time to spend with obviously with fans. So he's trying to be as open as possible. And I think some fans were saying that he's he's opened up his book too much and he's he's given out it, what, what his tactics and that. But I think he's just trying to get across he's got a clear identity and 
I think he's just trying to present that to the fans. And what we can expect in the upcoming games is that, what he says. And just going on, obviously, the 4 3 3 formation, it wasn't a case of we were passing the ball fluid. Sometimes we were going long. And I think um, Jackson realised that they, they only had two, two men in the mid, middle of the pitch. So we're going long and their centre-halves obviously were beating Mo to most headers. And then we're winning the duels inside the middle of the pitch. And I think we were utilising that and I don't mind doing that because of at the, at the end of the day, if we're doing the ugly part of the game well, we're, we're going to get we're gonna score goals at the end of the day. Um, so overall, I, I was really pleased with the 4-3-3. Um, it seemed like players were a lot more comfortable. Tucker and O'Hora for large parts of the game. They seemed to be winning a lot of their duels. It was just a case of there's um, quality moments from obviously from big players in in that Plymouth side. But you expect that because of the high on confidence. And we're at at the moment we're a team we are low on confidence, but we're we're trying to t- churn out results at the moment. And I think as I say, if we perform anything like we did against Plymouth, we should be on the right uh, step forward. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. Um, played really well against Plymouth. It's a shame that you know Samara's at the back kind of cost us. But as you say, we got Morgan Whitaker and players like that up top. You know, it's it's going to happen one way or the other, unfortunately. But Joe, in terms of like um, any particular players that you felt suit the four three three a bit more than previous systems, I'm assuming players like Nathan Holland come to mind with the wingers. But was there any other names that you felt really really stood out from the the game you saw down in New Year's Day? Yes, I think um, Ethan Robson, I've briefly mentioned before, I think he's a player that um, he, he he's, you know, when you've got that extra midfielder in there, you can you can control the midfield a bit better. And, um, you know, when you've just got the two midfielders, it's maybe there's more of an emphasis on you to be more progressive in your passing. Whereas I think Ethan Robson, he always is quite safe. But when you've got someone that he was, a lot of the time, he was one of the highest midfielders forward in terms of his pressing. And he, he did win the ball back quite a few times. I think he made four tackles in the game. So I think that illustrated really quite well how he can do that. Um, I think this system suits Daniel Harvey a bit better. Um, we've said before about how, you know, and we'll, I'm sure we'll come into this a little bit later when we maybe look at maybe some areas we want to strengthen. Going forward isn't Daniel Harvey's real strong point. And he doesn't have to do it as much in this uh, four at the back formation. So I think that that's um, useful for him because he can just function as a, you know, focus on his defending as such, but also just rotate the ball and doesn't have to worry too much about going forward. Um, and then Jack Tucker as well. I think when we were playing three at the back, there's a big emphasis on, um, you know, the centre-backs playing out from the back. I don't think Jack Tucker has been... He's had um, a tough start to the, his time at MK, but I don't think he's been bad. And I actually think he's been, in maybe the last sort of six games, he's been one of our better players, better performers, more consistent performers. And I think that him having less responsibility in terms of playing out from the back, um, even though it is just him and Warren now, but I think the fact is, you know, he's got three midfielders in front of him who are probably going to be taking on more of the onus of progressing the ball. And it's easier for him to play out because he has more options in front of him. So I think, for those, yeah, so I think those three so far. And um, yeah, Lawrence stood in really well for, for yeah for a tonight as well. So just just a big shout, shout out for him as well. Yeah, yeah, Lawrence is really pivotal in that performance. He never did lose. I thought he was fantastic. Even from watching from my follow, you could tell he was really 
um, pivotal to that team. So yeah, fair play to him. Um, right, let's move on to January. Obviously, we're in a transfer window currently. So, and as as we've kind of been a bit of a running theme for the past couple of months, this podcast, because um, a lot of our listeners are have been very keen to sort of re-emphasize the the importance of this window and i feel that with the with the change of head coach that's he is he more important now because obviously he wants to get his so his own players in and he wants to instill his own philosophy things like that so we put a little tweet out earlier so asking you guys um what sort of positions you'd maybe like to see strengthen and we've got our own thoughts on them also but before we even get into that obviously there's those few people mentioned i think it was johnny asking sort of saying about how um, P. Winkleman can really sort of state um do like a state of intent for this window in terms of investing in the squad. Um, and I think Sid said, you know, is is he actually going to invest in a team this year, or are we going? Is he going to potentially sort of batter the hatches a little bit in terms of with the emergency potentially of going to lead two at the moment, which is obviously a real possibility, um, whether we want to like it or not. So. Joe, I know you've before the podcast started, you're pretty vocal on, on this topic, so I'll let you take it away. Um, and the fact that we've spent a lot of money already, right? Um, yeah, we've spent only Ipswich spent more on transfer fees in the summer than us uh, in League One. Uh, we've actually got uh, we're spending more on wages this season than we were last. And in terms of investment, um, every year Pete doesn't invest because he underwrites the losses of the club. And add to that the fact that, you know, attendances have dropped maybe for 20, 30, 40%, something like that um, from last season, understandably so. Um, but for a squad that's already more expensive than last season, um, you know, we it's, it's sort of, I don't know what how to uh, phrase it, but, you know, we are asking a lot sort of just for, you know, more please, uh, more, you know, it's, it's, we're wanting more shiny new toys when, you know, okay, we might we might have got the wrong toys in the first place. Um, but I think that, you know, I just don't think it's complete. Like, what? how Pete, I think in terms of the money, I don't think we can necessarily hammer Pete in this for this, for the last couple of windows. But in terms of how that money is spent, yeah, I think that, yeah, okay, maybe we can criticise that and maybe we can look at that. Um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, the fact of Winkleman actually shelling out, I don't think we can complain too much about the summer because we, we did spend money. Yeah, and another point to make is that, and I'm sure some people understand this anyway, but obviously our big players last season, in some of them anyway, in Parrot, Coventry, um, even Cumming, I know he's back this season, but Cumming was still one of them. They're all loans, right? So they don't really cost anything. The Premier League clubs don't really need the money from us, so we can sort of give them, you know, 50 quid a week or whatever, and they'll just take it, we'll take them off their hands. So, Whereas now we're having to actually spend six figures on some of these players and ultimately we're taking a bit more of a risk, quite frankly, in terms of how they are as uh, players and people and uh, development in general. So, yeah, this one was always going to be an interesting window and obviously it's not gone to plan, I think, so far. Um, but this window now is a chance to hopefully rectify some of that um, and the co-winners after that. So be interested to see who they get in. Um, and it sounds like they are going to get people in fairly soon so that's exciting but and i'm sure next next week might people chat about also hopefully anyway but yeah i mean ross what are your thoughts on the whole whole peak income investment side i know it's i think the facts sort of say something else but i'd be interested to see what you say well 
people people think we can just spend this and that and not worry about it year after year after. But when Liam Sweeten got appointment appointed, um, and he discussed obviously how the club has to be sustainable and how we've got a train of players and we've got to basically sell them on like exactly like Brentford and all these. And he, he said it recently. He said, I'm not going to nail every single window. And I think that this is a proof in the pudding in, in terms of, yes, these players probably aren't as good as what we hope for them to be. But it doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad players. It's just They're just struggling to adapt to, um, or they're going to take a bit longer to adapt to this this type of football. And obviously we're, we're, we are asking for these young players to come out their shell and, do the things and they they are going to struggle and every young player goes through these spells. So I think the reason why people are trying to point the finger to Pete is because of we're not winning games and it's easy it's easy to do that. Um, last year when obviously Twine was got Twine we got uh, we lost Fraser sorry and we got Twine through the door um, and then we went on to the season like we did. No one blamed Pete then. So I'm I'm a bit skeptical about blaming, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about blaming Pete because of at the end of the day, I don't feel like he would ever put this club in jeopardy, um, and I think that's his number one priority. And he 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 does get that he's not the the man to take us to that next step and be that big investment we need. He knows that he's admitted that you've got to say fair play for taking ownership of that. Yes, I know where we are and. I, I I genuinely do believe that um, he's got the club's best uh, best interest at heart. Sorry, um, but as for the spending, I I do feel like um, he will back Mark Jackson, but I think we're going to be a lot more clever and shrewd about what we recruit in this this January window because of, in my eyes, I'm not sure whether you guys agree, but this is the biggest transfer window of Milton Keynes' history. I, I I think the summer was, but yeah, no, I think obviously this is very important. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because like. of I, this, I just think of the implications this um, season has. If we go down, I think everything else will follow, and that's intenses. Yeah. That's everything else. So that's that's the importance of this window, in my eyes. That's exactly what Johnny's saying about like you know uh, making a statement, um, get, yeah, giving that um, ambition, things like that. Yeah, exactly what he's saying. So, but I'm not saying spend a million pound on a on a on a striker or a <laughs> midfielder. I'm 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 saying you've got to use the loan market, loan market, and buy more experienced players compared to what we've got, um, and have a profile of what you want, and then execute that. Yeah, and I think people forget, like whether they want to like it or not, Pete Winkleman is, is, is the face of MK Dons. Like whenever you speak of MK Dons, it's either Dean Lewington or Pete Winkleman, realistically, yeah. one of those two people. So, yeah. and you see a lot of a lot of small businesses, like there'll be one sort of spokesperson who will get all the flack, and um, Pete is that person, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's our own fans also that have that same um, philosophy on it. So, you know, that until we said, until we lead to a club, which will happen one day. Um, that'll be the case, really. Um, not much change from it, and it's it's frustrating sometimes because other people can be blamed for certain stuff, but that's just how it is. Yeah, and I think that as well, the blame in terms of I'm just talking like just about monetary sort of issues, you know, and uh, as well, people say about we've got all this money in the summer. 
I do not know a single club that has played pay that would pay for a transfer fee over um, sort of say you know even over say five hundred k where they're paying that all in one lump. Um, you know, Premier League clubs, it's paid over. You know, even these multi-million pound deals, they're done over two years, three years. So even if we did sell Scott Twine for the reported fees and Harry Darling, you know, we've probably only received about a million, million and a half of it in terms of the cash. You know, this is money that's going to sustain us for the future. And I think, um, you know, it would be, yeah, if Pete was, you know, I think we, we saw it with maybe Berry. Um, they were they were loving it when they were signing Jermaine Beckford and signing Chris Maguire on 10 grand a week contracts. But it soon came to an end when they couldn't afford it. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, Pete has made mistakes, but I just think the money side of it, to criticise him when he's... The money is constantly underwritten by the parent company of of Milton Keynes Dons, which is uh, Stadium MK or Inter MK or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, money isn't isn't something I'd criticise him too much about. Okay, let's focus on some players. Obviously, we also about incomings, but I think before we even do that, we need to focus on outgoings because there's going to need to be some outgoings, and there has been outgoings before we even get these players in. So. Obviously, Oyegoke has gone back to Brentford. Um, you know, he was in a position where there was two other players ahead of him in the depth chart. He he weren't going to play. So, freeing up a loan spot, quite a pivotal loan spot, especially for this window. So, best wishes to Dan. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens regarding that loan spot. But obviously, there's some other players um, who could potentially be leaving the club this window. I've seen a few mentions of, um, well, actually, majority of the loanies actually was quite surprised me from, I think Matt said the majority of the loanies apart from coming should go, but quite like a Lawrence recently. I always have to be honest mm-hmm. yeah, as a player. Um, Final Lawrence stone. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Cody is is the main loan which people um, seem to want to go. Obviously, Oop. well, yeah, that's been asking the answer sometimes, hasn't it? Um <laughs> He hasn't really played. Let's be, let's be honest. He's um, I think people said he's done more Q and A's. He's been on the pitch, which is uh interesting. But uh, yeah, he, he's more seen more than names mentioned. <laughs> yeah, so um, Cody's one of the names mentioned. Of course, a striker on loan from Rotherham. Um, obviously, Joe, I know you've got a list of names, which I'll let you go through actually, if you want. Um, yeah, the only person I can see leaving permanently is Dan Kemp. I think. I think it's just not working for him, unfortunately. I know he had, obviously, a good relationship with Liam Manning, um, but I think he was brought in perhaps for a, more of a depth signing, a low-cost depth signing. But I think with the signings we made in the summer, he just got bumped a bit further down that pecking order. And unfortunately, I just think it's best, you know, I'm sure he's not costing us loads of money or anything like that, but he's he's a lovely lad. Um, and I think he deserves to go and get some games. So uh, I think that will happen. Um, now... I think this next, these next few, they're, they're people that I could maybe see going out on loan. And for me, it's because of what I think we will be signing. Um, so for me, the two priorities are a physical central midfielder. And, uh, you know, I, I'll get into this more in a moment, but uh, a winger who's fast direct and is getting get shots off, um, you know, like so a sort of a wide attacker more than a dribbly winger as such. Um, but I think that, you know, if that, that happens, I think then it opens the door for potentially maybe Dennis, uh, Connor Grant or Dara Burns to go on loan. I can't see, I can see maybe one or two of them going on loan. I couldn't see all three, but I just think with, um, you know, maybe Connor Grant, especially um, if a centre mid does come in, 
I think we're going to find, um, you know, he might end up being sort of fourth or fifth choice central midfielder and then he might be third or fourth choice winger or attacking midfielder. So I think Conor Grant, it'd be good to get him, you know, just keep getting that experience. And then Dara Burns, um, I think you were, you you mentioned some good points about him, didn't you, Liam, about potentially play style maybe? Yeah, um, we're listening with Dara. It's unfortunately he's injured at the moment. Um, I think he got injured at a really bad time. I think he was finally starting to hit a bit of form and then piece up an injury and is now um, off off the off the training pitch, which is a shame. But yeah, I just feel that with this, you know, all of, all I've been hearing from Jacko is aggressive play style, and I think the first thing you see with Dara, especially, is that he has a real lack of physicality at the moment, which is a real shame. You can see he's got a lot of talent there, but. You do wonder whether a little loan in League Two for six months could do the world of good. Um, I'm not sure how much playing time he's going to get. Playing every single game, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to get much game time here uh, for me. Um, and as Joe mentioned, if we are going to get a winger in, which hopefully we do, um, that winger will take his game time more than likely. So it's a sort of situation where, um, again, a bit like Oyegoke, he's down the pecking order a bit, and I just I struggle to see him get minutes. Um, Obviously, you mentioned Dennis. Dennis is an interesting one. I feel that one of him or Cody probably goes. Um, I think the reason Cody hasn't been announced yet, if he is going, is because that to be honest, Jacko just needs to see him on the pitch a bit. Obviously, there's literally there's not a lot of um, footage of game footage of him so far. So, literally, Jacko's seeing a it's sort of a fresh sort of slate for him in many ways. So he can kind of see the player he is, and obviously. Cody offers a lot different to what Mo and Grig offer. Although we've been trying to use Grig this this like hold up play, which is uh, interesting. But um, I could see him going. Dennis is one where I don't know actually with Dennis. It's a 50 50 one. Um, obviously, again, if Cody stays and he impresses, then I think Dennis probably maybe goes out on loan again. But I wouldn't be shocked if both stay. Wouldn't be shocked if both leave. I mean, it's one of those situations. And uh, sorry, finally on Connor Grant, I feel. Yeah, he's been messed about a bit this season. Not his fault. Um, just trying to fit him into systems. It's not really... Has worked some senses and then he's just been pulled out the team for supposedly players who are better than him. And um, I'd like to see him stay. Um, I feel he's a very talented lad. Um, he, I know it's only on loan, but I feel like him and the Jacko could work quite nicely. Um, it's just where, really, for me. Um, and I'll stop rambling now and I'll let Ross talk for a bit. I've got the complete opposite opinions of some of the, you guys' thoughts. I think Conor Grant's a decent and very tidy bench player. I think he he more than cut cuts about around the pitch. I think he's hardworking, similar to Matt Smith, um, someone who can impact a game later on. And we saw at Port Portsmouth, he's got the, he's got the delivery, he's got the te- technical ability. I don't think. He would be very happy if um, he came, obviously, I think he came from Rochdale, didn't he? Yeah. Then he goes back on loan to a League Two side. It's kind of like a he's going a backward step in his career. It's just, so just what you're playing feel, for me. Personally, I feel like he's got a point to prove. Um, as you say, Liam, he's in these next 14 days, he's going to, obviously, it's a chance to impress, obviously, Jackson. Um, but aside from, obviously, um, Grant, Cody, I agree with. Um, Daryl Burns is a bit funny one because of I do agree with the aggressive and the physical approach, but you could say that about Lou Barry. He's not the most physical person, but I think he uses agility and pace 
to beat his man more. And maybe that's something Daryl could probably use. But if there was one player out the Dennis Grant and um, Burns, I'd probably say Burns because of Dennis. I think it's another one who we can use in different like positions. We could use them out wide and may, we can use them up, up top late on in games because of, in my eyes, I don't see Grigg as a starter. I see Mo, obviously the main striker. And then it'll be a case of what we do in the game, depending on where we are and what, what the result uh, scoreline is, depending on whether we bring on Grigg or... Um, what's his name? Isa. No. Um, Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, sorry. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, so it's it's a bit of a diff, difficult one, but I think my main priority is obviously getting so a winger in. I think I think that is the main priority. Over centre mid. Um. Oh, sorry. The midfield's main priority, and then it goes say. winger. Yeah. And then I don't I don't personally think we need to get anyone up top because of obviously I think Holland and Barry will create enough and. I think Mo will eventually score, start scoring goals. And then Joe mentioned about Harvey being solid. I think I've, I just wanted to rise this situation because of, I think, yeah, you can be safe and you can be very solid in your games, but then you become one-dimensional. And I think when you go into games one-dimensional and you play it safe all the time, like Harvey a lot of the time does, I think teams expose you for that. And I think if teams find out that Harvey can't beat you on raw pace, that that they're not going to press you. I, I think they're just going to allow you to have the ball. And I think that's a weakness of ours. I, I just want competition for the lad. I, I do believe Harvey, he's, he's a good player at this level. It's just he has flaws in his game. And that's not to say that anyone else in our system has flaws either, because I could name you on my, on my fingers the amount of players who has flaws. But I just feel like competition would do him no harm. Just the fingers, Ross, not the toes, yeah? I was going to say, if we, if we had the complete player <laughs> in any position, I don't think we'd be right where we are on the table. <laughs> no, but I, I go back to Conor Grant quickly. Um, yeah, no, honestly, I think he could stay. I think he probably will stay, but it's just where the hell do you play him? Because I, I just, yeah. I, I mean, I just, just on that, I've just done a list of midfielders and I'd put Bradley Johnson, Matt Smith, Ethan Robson, Dawson Devoy and Josh McEachram ahead of him as central midfielders. And then on the wing, I'd probably put Dara Burns, Nathan Holland and Louis Barry ahead of him, and maybe even Matt Dennis in terms of, you know, impact. So you've got him as maybe sixth choice central midfielder currently without before we've even brought in a central midfielder. Um, and then if you're going to be bringing in a, um, a, a, a winger, he might be fourth or fifth choice winger. So I just think, yeah, like you say, He's a young player. I know I completely get what you mean, Ross, in terms of he's just come out of League Two, but maybe, um, maybe there's this. I yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it would be a much. It would be a great shame if he doesn't get regular games. Cool. All right. Let's um, we'll get back back get back to left back because that's an interesting one that I know Ted rose about as topic of that. So we're going to that later on. Um, obviously, centre mid is is the main one, which I think everyone knows that we need, and I think that's kind of the the position that everyone sort of said that I know um Manaf mentioned about how he wants a strong commanding he actually wants a CDM as opposed to centre mid. I'm, I'm not not too sure about the CDM part, but definitely a centre mid who can be progressive as well as aggressive in terms of tackling 
um obviously passing um and yeah this agility in general so um and ideally someone who can actually compete if not be better than some of the centers we have now because some of them just aren't performing quite frankly so ross in terms of a a profile for a center mid that you'd want does um the strong and commanding kind of setup for you or is there more to it um i think that they have as i say they have to be hard working um and aggressive i think Josh McEachern and Devoy are very much technical players in my eyes, and maybe you could class Johnson as that as well. Um, and they haven't really got that, you know, that typical bite to the midfielder, like intercepting the ball co constantly throughout the game, like we saw with Kasumu, like we saw with Connor Coventry, and that's that style of play where they can bring the ball up the pitch. I'm not, I'm not doubting Josh McEachern can control a game, and Devoy can pick out a pass but they don't do it consistently for 90 minutes. They just have them little spells. And I think Josh McEachern gets exposed in the system because of he hasn't got the protection around him. And I think that's something we can target in the transfer market and just have a bit of bite to our style of play. And then um, we can then build from that. Yeah, I know, um, I know Connor Coventry is available, Joe. Would you take him? He is not. I don't think he's available to the likes of a astounding <laughs> league one, unfortunately. Um, but I think with, um, with yeah, I'd put down a Connor Coventry type because this time last season we weren't necessarily conceding loads of chances, but all of a sudden we just couldn't stop stops conceding the odd silly goal. And I think as well that this will help the defence bringing in that sort of physical uh, midfielder with a bit of tenacity the physicality that, you know, we've got technical midfielders. We've got Matt Smith. We've got, um, you know, we've got Dawson Devoy, we've got Josh McEachern. But I think too many games this year, we've just been bullied out of games. And so I think having the legs in that engine room will both help us attacking, um, you know, winning the ball back and, and then winning the ball back and stopping attacks as well. So I think both ends of the pitch will benefit from having that guy who just... You know, even, dare I say, a Jordan Houghton type. Um, you know, he, he's not been doing too badly himself uh, since he left the pastures. No, he, he did have his limitations, but he did a very specific job. Yeah. No, steady player he was willing, to be fair. And he, I think we always knew that he'd be a part of the promotion team at some point because that's just how he is. He's mm. constant sevens out of tens and does a job, really. So I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Um, he didn't really the rest team. Oh, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Him and Russ, yeah, got on like a house um, of fire. So, so yeah, centre back is the next position. I know Chris Armstrong highlighted this one. He mentioned about how he wanted a centre back to play alongside Was, um, who is a physical presence and good on the ball. Um, he, he put in brackets, um, I'm assuming you mean someone like Cresswell, as in Charlie Cresswell, who plays currently for Millwall, but um, obviously not going to get him. Um, but Ross, what are your what are your thoughts on that style of uh, centre-back to play alongside was probably on the left-hand side of the defence was it's more of a right-hand-sided defender yeah I've, it's not something I'd target but if obviously if um, we we get our business done early and we've we've got a week or two left and it's something we can't we've got the funds for I wouldn't mind doing but I think as Joe and obviously yourself mentioned like in the past couple of weeks Tucker is Starting to um, adapt and feel more comfortable playing alongside was, alongside was sorry, and um, I just feel like he's coming into his own now, and I feel 
he he really can start and stamp his place on that spot. And I feel like um, with the clean sheets, obviously, I know obviously we haven't Pete Peterborough and um, Plymouth. We haven't been keeping clean sheets, but if you look part uh, before that, Tucker has been part of a few clean sheets now, so he is doing his confidence the world of good. But I don't feel like I'd prioritise that, but. I think it'd be more cover instead of a start in centre half, in my eyes. Um, but as I say, time will tell. Yeah, we need, we need some more competition, especially that left that left hand side. I know um, a lot of people mentioned about Jules, but I think Jules is much better suited to a back three than he is a back four. I think um, different coaching systems have come through, and Bill and Gone have sort of all said the same thing. So when they're all doing that, kind of take the hint in many ways. So. So we do need a, a centre back um to play left hand side a bit more that can compete um and probably start, you know, the majority of games. So I would probably put a bit more priority on it than I think you you obviously lads would. But again, I think there is a few more pressing matters that we need to talk about. obviously one of them being a winger. Um, Joe, I know you're fairly keen on getting a winger. Um I know Paolo mentioned how he wanted a winger or a creative attacking midfielder. So what's the sort of profile you'd want from a winger to join this window? Um, well, I think, um, yeah, as you say, for, for me, centre-back, I'd maybe do, I think centre-mid centre for me, definitely number one priority, followed by the winger, followed by um, a centre-back. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the winger, I think I think um, what we need is someone that's physical and that's direct. Um, Barry and Holland have been played nice football at times. And they've been nice, but we need a, you know, you know, Holland's got in some awesome positions, but we need to see him pull that trigger more because he's he got he's got a shot on it. And when when you when you have shots from distance, things happen. Twine, I mean, he he had pot shots all the time, and well, he's very good, yes. Um, but not everyone's going to have an absolute truncheon in his foot like Scott Twine did. But I think it's more that you know that player that. Defenders are scared of. Um, you've got people like Morgan Whitaker, who his quality wasn't always there, but he's a very high volume sh- uh, shooter. I think he averages like five or six shots a game, and they're not all going to be good, but he's going to be putting in a a decent, um, you know, a decent amount of threat throughout the game. And he's and he's direct. Like he doesn't do like ten million stepovers. He's just fast, direct, and efficient. So that's the sort of player I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, Ross, in terms of a winger, um, obviously, Joe mentioned about how he wants them to be like quite pacey, quite direct, obviously have a lot of shots on goal. Um, what would you want to see from a winger at Don this window? Um, just someone who, who backs yourself and gets to the byline. And because of, I think, a lot of the, a lot of the time, mowing Grieg or whoever plays at top, a lot of the time they are in the box. And I just think... Sometimes these wingers, which we have got Barry and Holland, they sometimes overcomplicate it. And it's just a case of looking up and realising there's a man's man free on the edge of the box or just that, an intricate pass. I just feel just bringing another winger, um, as I say, more competition for everyone. And I feel like, especially Holland recently, we've started to notice like what he can do when he's played in the right system. And I feel like Barry is going to be exactly the same. They're two players who like to get at the defenders. And I feel like adding another one will just only improve us going forward. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It'd be interesting to see 
if they can get him and who that is. Um, obviously, I say that is at Charleston at the moment. They could be going elsewhere. We could have got in the summer, but you know, we'll move on, move on swiftly from that <laughs> point. Um, I know a few people mentioned striker, Rob in particular, how he wanted a. Let me get that point up real quick. Um, Someone who likes getting behind in quick, I think it was. It was powerful and composed. Powerful. That's what oh, he says. Um, I know Joe mentioned how he wanted um, a bit of a like a pressing strike, like a pressing forward, so a hard worker and get the get the Hollands and the Barrys and the whoever else is into play in terms of wingers. Um, I think I don't know what you, you think, Ross, but I feel like this strike situation with the amount of strikes we actually have at the club, I think I think this probably won't happen and that might worry some people but I just feel with Dennis Grigg and Ice and let's say I mean Cody might not stay but I, I think he has a chance of staying more than people think we've got four strikers right there I don't really think we'll get another one oh, I dis- I disagree I think we will I think Cody I think he will go back just because of the lack of lack of game time he has through injury and I think it'd be a massive gamble to keep him on. Um, I think especially when there's a lone spot there where Sweeten can, again, capitalise on and um, get someone in because of, at the end of the day, I feel like in the final third, we have been let down this year and we just need all the option we possibly can get. And I think, in a way, yeah, we do need someone who can get in behind because Mo's not really the quickest of players. Yes, Dennis Dennis is quick, but people have got to remember where this bloke came from. He came from South End, and he's he's taken a massive step up in his career. So he's gonna he's gonna obviously disappoint at times and get frustrated. Um, so I don't feel like we should be relying on on him as much as we should be. Um, and I just feel. Yeah, we could potentially get a championship loan, but again, it's a big ask because of obviously our position. Liam Sweeten's got to have a very good pitch um, to to obviously sell the position we are in and sell a player to come and spend the obviously the, the last couple of months of the season with us and help us get out of this hole. Yeah, he's certainly got a lot of um, a lot of work on his hands. Um, I wouldn't expect a striker in straight away unless we got a really, really good deal. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not saying we don't need one. I'm just saying there's a don't be shocked if you don't sign one. Is all I'll say. That's, I'll put that on record. Well, if if Kyoto goes, he, surely he will. But that will leave us with three four. three lines. What's open? Because obviously Lawrence and Cumming are the other two. So yeah, I could see it happening. Um. Obviously, we lose to earlier with Ted's comments on uh, a left back. Obviously, Harvey most leading competition. Um, again, I think for me, I, I I I understand what people are saying. It's it's not a priority, and I'm sure you probably agree, Ross. Um, Harvey is such a roller coaster for me. Sometimes he has great games, and so he has absolutely crap games, and really gets on my nerves. Quite frankly, he's the least of our issues at the moment. Um. It's- it's a bit of a weird one because, as you say, the strike against on Boxing Day is like, well, okay, I like I like that guy now, and then obviously, so some of his some of the, the deliveries against um, Peterborough were awful, and it's just a case of like, how can you do that against Forest Green, and then obviously just absolutely buckle your crosses every, I mean, every single one, 
over the goalkeeper and it's just so frustrating. But again, it's just whether they, it depends what the the funds are saying. And I feel like the loan, the loans are the priority at the moment. I, I personally feel, I don't feel like we'll be prioritising the permanence. I feel like we'll try and get as many loan spaces as possible and then execute them and then we'll execute the funds. That's how so, I'm seeing it. So let's say, okay, so you're Liam Sweeting, yeah? Let's say you've got three loan spots open. Let's say you send Cody back to Rotherham if you've got the choice. Yeah. What three positions are you prioritising with those three loan spots? Um, A centre mid. Yeah. That I think that, obviously, I think you, there's a lot of players in the Championship who more than willing to come down to this level and prove themselves. That's one. I think a striker. I think a lone striker. I think for some reason I've got a bit of a soft spot for a lone striker. Obviously, we were doing this, <laughs> and then they fuck off. Bamford. This <laughs> year, so The list our, goes on. A lone spell for strikers is quite good, but obviously, we had um, Mackey, Mackey, and Gumbo. I think his name was. Wasn't oh it? God! Uh, so we've had bad ones, um, but in terms of like. Um, the other line spot, I think that would be a winger as well. But I think the only, I think the permanent will be the centre half. Yeah, like last season with yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose, yeah, I think I think build, I think they're more building the 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 spine of the team on the permanence, and then obviously try and just flutter it up with quality through the loan. Yeah, that the winger and centre mid are definitely two that I prioritise. Um, the third one, if I did have a third one available to me, would be a complete open book, just the just best player available, really. Um, I wouldn't have a real steer on a striker or a centre-back. I think they're both as important at the moment. I feel like, I know Joe disagrees, but I just feel our defending at the moment isn't good enough. Um, but neither is our goal scoring. So, um, yeah, they're both, they're both, I think, but I've seen more from the attacking side that I think, okay, we need a centre-back in for me personally, but... You know, we'll all be different and I'm sure many people want a striker in because when players like Macaulay Bomb become available, as Ken mentioned, um, you know, people are gonna to want to get him in the club. So it's um how January is unfortunate. Well, not unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately. So yeah, it's a crazy odd month, and I'm sure we'll get plenty of news by the time we're back next week. Obviously, no game this weekend. So um enjoy your weekend off. Um obviously we'll see you all at Lincoln at home and we'll do a little preview to that next week. Um but yeah, until then, have a nice weekend. And come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.